Jeff, do you like my new profile picture? I drew it. I figured, what's the alternative? You know, like an anime girl? Like, I'm not a pet. Speaking of anime girls, Jeff, what are we talking about tonight? Wow, that's really gonna be your transition here, isn't it? I don't- I don't even get a Jeff tell me something funny. You just jump straight into anime pet Chris, I even had something prepared to tell you when you asked me to say something funny for once. Because you always do. You do this thing to me where you're just like, Jeff, say something funny, and that's your way to, like, sync the audio. And I had, like, a stupid thing prepared. And then you don't do the thing. You just jump straight into anime girls. We talked We talked about it too frequently, and I knew you'd have something prepared. I'm playing 5D chess here, Jeff. I hate this. I mean, not that what I had prepared was funny. I just thought it was a... Hold a on start, to it, because so that's I'll... how I'm going to start next week. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Jeff, and welcome to the Sound Judgment Podcast. Where every episode, we'll be discussing all of the important musical topics, from reviews to which member of Motley Crue is the most vile. I'm gonna judge the officials. I'm gonna judge all the judges. It's gonna take you people years to recover from all my opinions. I'll bother you with it. I'll bother you some other time with, with this real awkward little anecdote. It's fine. Chris, we're talking about anime girls. We are yeah. talking about anime girls. All right, so um, we talked about before I watched the show Bochi the Rock, and I thought it was, you know, a cute little show, and it gave me some nostalgia for, you know, things like learning guitar and trying to jam with other people and being involved in, like, I don't know, local music. I had friends in bands. Like a young, yeah. a young loc- a young local music scene. Yeah, and I figured, you know, you've you're you're a live music guy. You've taught guitar. You've played. You've done all kinds of shit. You're classically trained or some shit i've i've done i've done stuff i have a college degree yeah yeah you have a college degree in this and i thought you know this might be kind of fun for jeff it's i thought it has you know this has creative animation it's got you know decent music for this kind of show and if there's two things that jeff loves it's playing guitar and neurotic girls but (laughs) but i forgot one thing and that's that getting you to watch anything is like chewing on fucking aluminum foil (laughs) <laughs> that's accurate or jeff what aluminium as it would be pronounced on wikipedia why are you bringing that up because i told you i would oh my god you did oh god i was i was trying to listen to a podcast it was one of those just like oh cool like i stumbled upon this thing and this might be good and the one dude just kept pronouncing it wikipedia and it was like three minutes into the episode where he he had to clarify that that's how he pronounces it because in classical Latin that's how he it would be said and just like oh my god I couldn't I turned it off I couldn't stand listening to this jackass just say Wikipedia like everyone else man absolutely so Jeff so okay so yeah uh getting me to watch anything really is a struggle because I struggle to watch things I. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate passive entertainment so, so much. It's fascinating Um, to me because it's literally the easiest thing in the world. You just don't have to do anything. You just have to look at a screen. Maybe read a little. I can't. I can't stand it. I I really can't stand it. Um, Which actually is, is part of what I think I have to say here is I am... Among the least qualified people in the world to ever critique a show or a movie or something. Because I've probably watched less television or shows than the vast majority of people I know. It's hilarious, though, because at least, like, I feel like at least three times a year I end up in a movie theater next to you. 
Yeah, I will go see movies, usually if it's like I'm going with a bunch of friends, or if it's the Mario movie, which I'm going to go see on Saturday. Um, because I'm super excited about it. It looks really dumb, and I'm, I'm into this. But I think a big thing also is I... I get intimidated when I see just how much there is to watch. It's a lot easier for me to watch a single under two hours movie. Yeah. Than it is for me to look and see like, oh my God, I know each episode's only like 23 minutes long, but there's 12 episodes, which I know sounds pathetic because it was like under five hours. Yeah, I was gonna say it's about as short as the show can get. It is probably longer to watch, you know... Uh, director's cuts of uh, Lord of the Rings movies, which not like it, it's something I know it's not something you do like all the time, but it's something that you've done. It's okay. It is, but here's another huge factor in what typically happens when I watch movies is I only half watch them, right? Or when I watch anything that I've either seen or I'm not hugely invested in. Um, like and I are watching or rewatching this show from, like, 10, 15 years ago called Pretty Little Liars because she loved it then and she just, like, is entertained by how ridiculous it is still. Yeah. And when I say we are watching it, I mean we sit on the couch, she watches it, I listen to it while playing pinball on my phone. Right, right. So, like, I there's no way in hell I would be completely invested in actually watching this. Even worse, you had to read things with this. Yeah, that's another factor, which on one hand, I and I think I've even said this before, I typically do better watching silent movies because you're you're forced to watch them and, and pay attention like it is like an active experience. I'm going to give you one of the biggest issues I had watching this, and this is going to sound terrible, but it really just comes down to the fact that I don't listen to Japanese speakers much at all. Like, this is the most Japanese I've probably ever heard in my life. And all of the main cast sound almost the same to me. And the subtitles never specified who was speaking, so I genuinely wasn't always sure who was talking. Anyway, I watched uh, the 12 episodes that is Bochi the Rock, which apparently there's rumors that there's going to be more, like a season two or something. I don't I don't know if that's actually true. Literally, as of like yesterday, there are rumors of a second season. What I think you might have seen yesterday is that there's like a spinoff to the manga. Because this, is, this does come from a manga, despite the fact that it is a music anime, which is kind of weird. Okay, no, no, this literally was like speculation I was reading on Reddit. And I don't know what it's founded in because I didn't bother stopping the reading. It was literally just like season two, question mark, question mark, exclamation point kind of thing, right? I was just going to say, with how popular it has evidently been, I would be surprised because the, the manga does go on for like 50 issues at this point And this like only covers like the first 10. So there's more content. Okay. I mean, that does make sense. I, 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 okay. Okay. Anyway. So what I was saying before, I'm not really the best person to like do any real critique or review of a show. I am the least qualified person for this. So I am going to try to not get into any of that kind of thing. I did have some issues with it as a show, just like things that made it incredibly uninteresting to me or things that I'm watching that just kind of like took me out of it. Like why? So you've had me watch clips like a month ago or whatever. I watched some clips and it didn't really, I didn't really notice it then. But as I'm watching the show, I realized the whole show 
is like these photorealistic backgrounds that all the characters are just like flash animated on top of. It looks like a Final Fantasy VII cutscene. Um, I believe they're actually drawn, but they're based on they're based on real locations. Yeah, they're like photorealistic yeah. looking though. Like they're not literally real, but they're just like maybe that's not the right term to use here. Again, I'm not the right, right person to be doing this critique. They're more detailed than the characters in front of them. They're more detailed. They look like they're trying to be real life, and then the characters are very cartoony. And it's just like it's I don't know why, I just thought it looked real dumb. I did see that a lot of these places are based on real locations to the point where someone went into the music shop and bought the <laughs> one green bass guitar that was drawn on the wall in, I guess, the last episode. Yeah. Anyway, Bochi the Rock. Uh, it's, it's, it's Bochi, whose real name I'm not... I'm going to try so hard to get these names right, but I honestly don't even know what some of their names are. So we're going to go with this. Bochi, not actually her real name. She's a... Somewhere between 14 and 17 year old girl. She has social anxiety to the point where I'm not sure how she functions even as far as she does. And she goes to a school two hours away from home because she is afraid of people knowing who she is or something. And she locked herself in a room for a few years and she learned to play guitar. And then she starts taking her guitar to school, hoping somebody will notice that she has a guitar. When in fact, basically nobody gives a damn. Until, naturally, a couple people are like, oh my god, is that a guitar? Can you join our band? We have a show in five hours. <laughs> Which I have in the category uh, that I just call... What I just call relatable moments. I bet you had quite a few of those. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of moments where I'm just like, I've either seen this happen, or I've had this happen to me, or I've met these people before. Like, not literally, obviously, but like, oh my god, every music scene has these exact stereotype people. Yeah, but the whole, oh my god, can you fill in on a gig? You like, here's our set list. We're playing at seven o'clock, kind of thing. Is is a nightmare. I'm I'm putting myself at like 15 years old and all I can think of is like, oh hell no. Unless you're like a Ramones cover band, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not trying to learn even like a four-song set in five hours at 15 years old. It's not happening. So okay, let me find my names here because again, I'm really bad at the names of the characters here. You can just give me hair color, I'll give it to you. So, the blonde girl who is the drummer. Is Nijika. Ki Kita? Is what? Nijika. Nijika? Yeah. Oh my god. Kita, I... Kita is the okay. red-haired girl. She's the runaway guitarist. Kita? Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm looking at, I'm looking at my list wrong. Um, so you had Blondie. Ni Nij Nij Nijika? Just do your best. Yeah, just do your best. Nijika. Well, I'm kind of writing it phonetically to try and get this as best as I can. I don't want to be too much of a jerk. So you had Blondie, who is the drummer. You have Rio, or something along those lines. I'm just going to call her Rio. Rio. Yeah, that's fine. Who is the bassist, and she is like this super quiet, serious, stoic, you know, mm. trying really hard to be profound. And she takes herself way too seriously. And when 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 they're talking about uh, like what music they listen to, 
in one scene, and I'll explain that in a second. But they're, they're talking about what music they listen to, right? Yeah. Band meeting. They're trying to get to know each other. And Ryu's over here like, I don't know. She said she's like, I listen I to I only techno, listen to Electronica been, from, yeah. And I've been checking out Saudi Arabian charts. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my god, you are so frustrating to listen to. Because on one hand, you are either just like, pretending that this is what you're listening to, to, like, try and look cool. But then at the same time, I know from experience that that's how it starts. You, you, you talk about obscure music, and then the next thing you know, you are genuinely listening to this shit, and you're making your ex-girlfriends question what you're doing while you're driving them out to dinner. Because they sit in the car next to you and go, what are we listening to? And you say, it's Nick Lucas. He He's a guitar player and singer from the 20s and 30s. He was at Tiny Tim's wedding. And then she <laughs> says, you need to turn this off. Jeff, I, <laughs> so like, I, like, I like that you're like, she's super pretentious. And meanwhile, one of our previous episodes is, hey, Chris, I'm going to have you listen to this Russian pop album. <laughs> there is nothing pretentious about listening to like pop music, though. Like, Anivar is straight up like a pop musician. She, like, it, it, it is, it was not hard to find, like, music like her. It's literally just like... But you were checking out those Russian charts. Yeah, I was literally checking out the Russian pop charts. And <laughs> I found her and I love her. Um, she's kind of a religious nut job, though. So, like, that's a little frustrating. But it I love happens. her. It's fine. But she, did I tell you that? Oh my god, I'm off on it. It's fine. here. I'm really bad at talking about shows. So Anivar on Instagram um, on Halloween made this huge post about how, uh, oh God, there were shootings somewhere or something. There were shootings or there was like a natural disaster that killed people in like some Southeast Asian country, maybe. And she blamed people celebrating Halloween for like why stuff like that Oh happens. no. And I'm just like, oh my god, I love your music so much, and your Instagram is frequently fun, but oh, oh, you are this person. Yeah, so, no, that's kind of my point, though, is is people like Rio make me laugh because, again, she's a young teenager. So I, I, I look at when she says stuff like that, Cause, and I, cause I question... Because the thing is, like, like, it's exaggerated, but all of these people kind of exist. You've, you've, like you said before, you've kind of met people like this. All these people absolutely exist. Ryu absolutely exists. I know because I was her at one point. Like, <laughs> you know, I keep seeing people are saying, like, how much they relate to Bochi. Like, no. I understand Ryu because 15-year-old me, this is who I wanted to be. <laughs> um, and this is where it starts, is, like, you say, like, you know, oh, yeah, no, I only listen to techno, and I've been checking out the Saudi Arabian charts. But, like, if you looked at her MP3 player in 2005, it was really full of, like, Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And then, like, two songs, you know, by some Pakistani singer or something, right? But, God, yeah, no, there, there are so many aspects of these characters who are just so accurate. And another thing she made me think of is, again, I'm bringing myself back to the high school days of, like, a, a high school music scene. And all of the people I knew, you know, you're you're in bands and you made your, like, Angel Fire website for your band or whatever it was at the time. Yeah. And you have an About Us section and you list all the members 
and what they're into, and then they all list their influences. And then every member of the band always has to put, like, you know, legitimate bands that they're into, but then they're always like, and Beethoven, and Mozart, and Bach. And I used to get so mad because I'm just like, no, no, you're not influenced by them at all. You are literally influenced by Senses Fail because that's exactly what you sound like. You have no other influences. Get Jimi Hendrix out of your influence list. You are practically a Senses Fail cover band. Get this shit you out of here. You hear the purple haze in this breakdown, Jeff? No! And that was, oh my god, that was everywhere, and I absolutely hated it. But, god, that sure is how young music scenes work, isn't it? Yep. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so... Nichika, I, I really have, like, no actual comments on her, except, correct me if I'm wrong, is she not the one whose sister is their manager? Yeah, and she owns the bar that they're playing okay. at. Okay, so, they play at this little bar, right? Right? And Nichika, who's the drummer in the band, she's like, I know a venue we can play at. It just so happens my family owns it, and my sister's a manager. Well, her sister and owns it. dear God. Well, okay, I, I guess that's... That's that's something I got lost in, I suppose. But either way, it's it's oh, like it's not like this is some random venue. There's a reason they're getting playtime here. There's some uh, there's some family connection, and dear God, isn't that a thing? How many battle of the bands existed at like a VFW? And it's like, oh wait, you mean the band who's playing at seven thirty? Their uh, their granddad is like. Part of the VMW. VMW? Am I saying this right? VFW. I, yeah. VFW. Oh my god, what is a VMW? Uh, the like a VFW? And it's like, oh, of course, because like your granddad is, you know, a senior member here. Of course you're gonna get like the prime spot at this like quote unquote venue hall we're all gonna play in. I mean Jackass. I mean if I'm getting too specific, maybe I'll have to beep it, but could I just say baghead? Well, didn't, like, his dad own that, ven like, the venue that they played at all the time? Oh, well, <clears throat> okay, yeah. So, I mean, they uh, they were a huge band as far as, like, you know, as far as local metal in, in the Pittsburgh area in, like, the mid-2000s. Yeah, they were, they were a huge band for what they were, and the family owned the venue they played at frequently. In all fairness, they did have, like, their own clout yeah, absolutely. and were yeah. playing other places as well. Like whenever there were like local band festivals, they were always like a headline. Right, spot. But, uh, it, but it's but, convenient. But how know? much of that, how much of that clout did they get? Because they had this convenient platform of, Oh yeah. Dad owns this like music shop and venue. And like the two or three brothers all work there. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. You know, so, like, conveniently, they would, like, set themselves to open for, like, bands that were touring. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's exact, and that's exactly how it works, and that's why I loved this so much, that Nijika was like, oh, yeah, my sister's the manager. So, okay, so did you not, like, did you not pick up, like, some of the conversation that she has later on with Bochi when they're outside the restaurant? Uh, about what? Uh, okay, Jeff, real quick, thumbs up, thumbs down. It's show in general. Overall, it's a thumbs up. Overall, it's a thumbs up. Okay, show ruining spoilers begin now. Um, so when she goes outside to talk to Bochi, one of the things that she brings up is that her parents are, uh, or at least her mother is dead. 
And the reason that she wants the band to succeed is that her mother can see her from heaven, basically. And that's why she wants the venue to to, to uh, succeed, too. Okay, yeah. Okay. I didn't know if you picked that up. I, you know what, I, I did, but I kind of forgot that because, again, this is, some of this is, I'm not good at keeping all the characters straight. Right. And Nichika as, like... There, there is no character trait that really. Well, she's the she's the one that's keeping the band from imploding, basically, because otherwise, yeah. these other three people would just fucking desperately go separate ways. Yeah, but she she doesn't really stand out in any any serious way. Other other members, there's also Kita, who is the she was previously a guitar player in an attempt at forming a band. And then she realized that she has no idea how to play guitar. So she is taught by Bochi, and then she becomes the guitar player and singer. And she is... First off, she's the best girl in this show. Like, if I were the kind of person to buy a body pillow, like, it's gonna be a body <laughs> pillow of her, or whatever the hell it is you weebs do. Um, but I'm so sick of the whole introvert-extrovert discourse that's just, like invading all social conversation over the past 10 years. Like, we're so into labeling people as an introvert or an extrovert, and they literally refer to her as having, like, extrovert energy. Oh my god, I hate it. I hate it so much. It's just one of those moments where, like, I'm not really one to, like, try and critique the show, but, like, no, I'm gonna critique the show. That's... I'm so sick of this conversation. We get it. She's basically the opposite of Bochi as a character, personality-wise. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of the phrase introverts, extroverts. Stop. Bochi has social anxiety. Move on. We don't need to. We don't need to spell it out that Kita is like the personality opposite of her. Which brings me to another complaint: is all of the stupid exposition scenes. Where that, like, cartoon acoustic guitar dude comes in and he's like, Yo, audience, let me explain what just happened. Yeah. Like, you have no idea how close I was to just turning off episode one. Uh, it only happens, like, three times throughout the show, though, doesn't it? It doesn't matter. It happened within, like, ten minutes. I'm like, the show just began. We don't need an exposition dump. Just let the show happen. Just, just, just talk. Just, just, just show stuff. Stop. Who am I missing? Bochi, Ryo, Kita, Nichika. Oh, I'm not missing anybody. Oh my gosh, why do I think I'm missing somebody? And then, uh, Bochi has a little sister whose name is Futari or something? Yeah, I believe that's correct. Isn't isn't that like the egg-laying fetish or whatever? <laughs> I don't know anything like, about that. <laughs> isn't that, isn't one's, that a thing? That one's gonna have to be your research. I didn't look into that. I don't know if that's real. I know there's a name for this. I don't know why it's a thing that's stuck in my head, but I really thought it was called Futari. Maybe it's just something similar. I'm not seeing anything. Great. There's a there's a Google search I needed on my profile. All right. So down in the comments, tell us what the real name for the egg laying <laughs> fetish is. Uh, please like, comment, subscribe, and um, tell uh, us what know, kind man, of fetish you think the name Futari sounds like. Anyway, anyway, Bo Bochi has a little sister. Uh, she exists just to, like, occasionally say mean shit, which, like, young children do. Yeah. Like, unknowingly. 
Just like best you representation have of a little sibling. That's exactly. I mean, she is like what, like four yeah. or five or whatever. Like she's a four she, or five year old. She, just she like, endears. Hey, she Jack. endears. She endears your friends to them, and then when you walk away, they talk shit. But just like, hey, Jeff, why are your teeth so yellow? I'm like, <laughs> shut the hell up, kid. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. Okay. So, anyways, they're they're doing the first show. Uh, she they they do the practice. And that's when she realizes that she's terrible playing with other people. Um, yeah. Yeah, so she, she, her anxiety is absolutely getting the best of her. And that's the one where she hid in a box, right? Yeah. And Like, didn't she literally just, like, solid snake the show? And yeah, she's just, yeah. like, in a giant box the whole time? Yeah, well, even before that, when she goes to play the songs that they, that they give her to play, uh, she basically, like, she tries to play with them and realizes that she's never, like, kept time with other people before. Yeah, yeah. no, So, which is absolutely a thing. She, she, She's great on her own. She has a YouTube channel, which I guess we probably should have uh, acknowledged. She has a YouTube channel where her name is just Guitar Hero or something. She's and very she creative. Like, sh- she posts, you know, shred fest video kind of things, and people are like, oh my god, cute girl posting videos. There's tons of them, and it's great. Uh, stop it. She's 14. It's creepy. Y'all are creepy. I've seen the fan art of this show. It's weird. You'll need to stop it. Um, yeah. So she realizes, like, she's, she's, she's good at what she's doing, but she kind of gets that reality check of, like, oh my god, I have no clue how to play with other people. Which is also absolutely a thing that anyone who's ever even tried to jam with other people learned very quickly. It does not matter how good you are. If you've never played with other people, you are in for a treat. Yeah, so they they do their first show, and she realizes, like, oh my god, I'm not actually very good at this aspect of it, and... I'll say, I'll say this, I'll say this, because you brought up the Guitar Man thing. Um, The Guitar Man thing? The the little animated guitar that explains that she can't play with other people because she's nervous and she's never done it before. I don't know. I, I, I will say that this is like, this is a show targeted for teenagers and maybe if they're not like musicians and they've never like dealt with social anxiety, they might need an explainer that like you don't get good at playing with others by getting good playing by yourself. That might be a little bit of a foreign concept. I'm trying to just, like, give it the benefit of the doubt that this is a show trying to explain things to, like, 14-year-olds, too. It it might be, but I also would love to give teenagers a little bit more credit than that. I'm not giving teenagers I don't know if it was necessary. Man. I I try to. Well, <laughs> I, I, I try to. It. Um, they don't deserve it. I, I don't know. I mean, you, you, you very well may have a point. That doesn't change the fact that it's a thing I did not enjoy. Because I, I understand. Don't like watching I un- shows. <laughs> so like, I, uh, it's, it's a thing. I, under- I understand, but I am trying to like, I am trying to like reason that like, I didn't necessarily the first time I played with other people understand that I wasn't going to play with other people well, and they don't exactly show it happening. They show they show her cutting to about to play guitar, and then after the thing, they're like, "Oh, you suck." <clears throat> yeah, I mean, but like they they did a lot of what I'm assuming was internal monologue yeah. of things like. Oh, these two aren't even in time. They don't sound like they're playing together. Like, mm-hmm. I think that would have been, would have been enough. I understand. So, okay. So on the topic of, of playing with other people, the show does show a lot of progression as mm-hmm. a band, which is very cool. But I think one of the coolest moments is when you see Bochi playing with, I don't know her name, the alcoholic on the side of the street. Oh, you mean Kakuri, the actual best girl. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, hey, what's her name? Kakuri? Kakuri, yeah. That's what I'm going with. It's K-I-K-U-R-I, I would say Kakuri. Kakuri. Okay, we're going to go with uh, Kakuri. So, Kakuri is just another local musician in the area, and she is yet another stereotype of, like, local music scenes. She is... On paper, she looks like someone you want to be in the sense of, like, she's a talented musician and she seems really cool and she's just, like, real chill, man. And she's just, like, she knows what it's all about. But meanwhile, she's, like, a barely functioning alcoholic. <laughs> like, It's in, just the cycle the of happiness, world. Jeff. <clears throat> in the real world, she, she's, she needs serious help. <laughs> like, she's not okay. But there's a scene where they're basically busking. They're on the side of the street, and it's just Bochi and Kakuri, and Kakuri's playing bass. And Bochi keeps having this internal monologue of just like, wow, like, she's, like, really, like, she's really settled in. I really can just, like, feel this groove. She this, she makes this feel so easy. And that's, like, the complete opposite of the first show as a band. Yeah. Is this whole, like, she is playing with someone who is just so locked in. And I don't want to say this too many times because I don't want to give bass players enough credit, but they're really <laughs> important. Yes. And it, so she, so she's playing on the side of the street with this, this random bass player girl who's just extremely good at what she's doing. And it just makes, it makes Bochy's playing just that much better because she has like a foundation to build off of. And that was fairly early on in the show, wasn't it? I want to say episode like five. I want to say that was like five or six. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like, honestly, I, I kind of, kind of, I, I kind of thought that was like a perfect, not ending, but I kind of wanted that to be like the moral. I wanted it to be just like, Oh my god, I finally know what it's like to play with people who I really just feel like in sync with and I'm locked in and I want to bring this kind of energy to the band and then end show. Uh, it didn't happen that way. Uh the show then went on to have a scene where like they were designing t-shirts. Yeah, the show went on where they were just like we're going to design t-shirts. Well, Okay, but also, I mean, I think you're really simplifying a thing. That's the first time they're hanging out as friends and not as a band, you know? That's the first time that they're that they're trying to interact with this person as a human being. Okay, no, I was I was going to get to that in a second actually. That was like that's sort of like a separate thought. Okay. The show went on to the it's almost like there's two stories, right? There's the story of the band evolving as a young band, and then there's the story of this girl with social anxiety, the likes of which the world has never seen, uh, somehow making friends and then somehow slowly becoming a person. Yeah. They are very disjointed stories, honestly. They, I, I don't really think they felt like a single cohesive story other than the fact that her friends were her bandmates. Otherwise, it felt like two very different stories. So I was kind of ignoring the social anxiety story and just moving on with the this is a bunch of teenagers in a band story. Because I'll be honest, I don't care about the social anxiety story. I, I, I thought it was incredibly uninteresting. I kind of wanted the show just to be about the band who we haven't referenced. I don't know what the Japanese word is, but the name of the band is Zip Ties? 
So okay, uh, it's like did, it's did I miss a did I miss a joke here? Yes, it's it's like a it's like a pun. Uh, it's a Japanese pun that doesn't really make sense on translation. Okay, so there's there's a joke here. So, that I'm just so the uh, the band is, and again, I'm do I'm doing all of my pronunciation the best I can tonight. But I believe the band is Kasoku Band. Yeah. Okay, that sounds. Which Kasoku Band is what you would call a zip tie, and okay, they're being like all tied together. Yes. So it's almost like if we named a band Rubber, and they were the Rubber Band. Kind of, yeah. Like, but, that's but, kind of how I'm understanding but, what you're but saying. But Kasoku also is a pun, because it Kasoku by itself in Japanese is, like, the word for unity or something, like, like friendship unity. So it's, like, the unity Okay. Band. Okay, that's, like, cute and clever, and, yeah, that's absolutely a joke that uh, obviously was going to go over my head, because I didn't, I didn't catch there it. There are actually a few things in this that were, like, the joke is, is different in Japan, because they had to, like, you know, just change things for translation, and they actually, like, did a decent job it seems like when she walks into the there's one where she's meeting rio at a um cafe and she comes in and she goes like are you winning diners or something like that that was completely americanized oh okay because if you so i mean do you want me to explain it yeah please okay so like if you look she like does a thing with her hand and what she's doing is like so it's like making the motion of moving a curtain out of the way and she would she would have said like are you open boss or something like that which is what you say to someone if you're like going in like a family diner late at night and you don't know if they're still operating but it's like a meme in Japan to have like i guess this is this is what they were showing me is like they have one of like the witch from um um is it Cinderella the the poison apple witch where she's coming up like out of the floor Yes. And she's saying, like, are you open, boss? Instead of, like, whatever the fuck no, she actually says in the scene. No, that's Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty, that's yeah. That's Sleeping Beauty. So, like, that's, yeah. like, a meme. So that was the meme that she was, like, Im- Im- impersonating in that scene. Okay. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, actually, I was just about to get to speaking of just, like, not references I didn't get, but references I did get. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they all gathered to design t-shirts, which is such a young band thing to do. Because you're 15 and you think like, oh, I go to concerts and buy merchandise, therefore we obviously need merchandise. Yeah. And we obviously also need to match. So there's three of them standing there in suits and mop top wigs, obviously trying to look like the Beatles, trying to look like they're in uniform, as we've talked about before, they're Mm -hmm. a band in uniform. And I just thought that was just like a cute another. That was just a, that was just another like oh dear god. There's a relatable moment right there. Is like the band yeah. try, like a young band who's played like a few shows, trying to be way too serious about not the important things. Yeah, which is so so accurate. And then like and then like uh, like any normal person, um, the drummer has in the the fucking logo T shirt in her back pocket the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my god, it was just so cute. Did you um did you enjoy Bochi's idea for what the fuck are all these zippers? It's places to put my picks. Oh my god. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was cute. But she did like pull up a picture of just like a t-shirt with a p- bunch of zippers on it and then and then was one of those moments where I I felt like this probably was a fun joke except I don't know who's speaking. 
because the dialogue went something like, is that how you would actually dress? No, I wouldn't. Or no, I don't because my mom buys all my clothes. I feel like that was supposed to be a joke, Mm -hmm. but I'm not really sure how that was supposed to be a joke. Either, again, something was lost in translation or I'm not understanding who was speaking, which was just another issue I had with the show as a, like... I feel like there was a lot that just, like, wasn't funny. No, they, it was just... That one was just, like, a scene to set up, like, a slice of life moment. They were like, who, is this how you normally dress? And Bochi says, no, my mom buys all my clothes. And as you've seen, she basically just wears tracksuits. And then they make her put on one of the outfits that her mom buys her. Yeah. And that's when they try to push her hair back. And that's when she has, like, the big breakdown moment, which is, like, in the show represented by... You probably didn't pick up on this, like... It's a series of animations that are, like, plays on, like, people dying in other anime. Like, Fist of the North Star is referenced and stuff like that. I don't even know what you're talking about, so sure. When she, like, when she like turns to dust because someone moves her hair out of her eyes and she, when she says, don't touch me. Oh, I just thought that was another one of their, like... I, I Again, I didn't care at all about the social anxiety story. Yeah. Because, like, every time she has a moment of, like, essentially, like, a panic attack, the way they represent it every time just felt like a family guy gag. Oh, so you didn't like the changes in animation? No. I just thought every time it felt like a cutaway gag, and I'm just like, just stop. Like, just, again, a moment of, like, this is just dumb. I'm either missing the joke, or I'm really just not the target audience for some of this humor. Um, so, I did not realize they were referencing other anime. Obviously, I wouldn't know. But yeah. also, like, I just kind of disregarded all of those little moments. Yeah, well, basically what happens is, like, she tells them not to touch her. She tries to move her hair, and they do, like, a bunch of references. Um, yeah. And then they have their first, like... I think it's implied that supposed to... What is actually happening is that they're having their first fucking band falling out. During yeah. the thing, there's, like, things coming up where she, like, tells Kita that she's a fucking terrible guitar student and, like, Nijika to, to back the fuck off when she tells her not to do stuff and stuff like that. Well, there's this just, I mean, there's just this moment of a bunch of teenagers who are spending a lot of time together getting into a fight because they're different people. Yeah. Like, that's just what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. See, I think it's funny because, like, I'm not reading that, I'm not reading into that as just, like, a first band falling out. I'm seeing that as just part of the storyline of just, like, it's a bunch of teenage girls. Like, of course they're gonna fight. Yeah. Like, or at least teenagers the first, like, fight when they spend well, too much time with each other. Yeah, or, like, at least the first friend fight, you know? Yeah, okay. I mean, alright, valid. But, but where she brings up shit that's going on in the band, in the personal fight, you know, whatever. Because she specifically references that Keita's, like, a shitty uh, guitarist and terrible student or something like that in the argument. Even though that ends up being extraordinarily not true. I mean, she she becomes a fairly accomplished musician by episode 12. They all, they all, they, they become a fairly solid band, which is the whole point. Yeah, correct. But, all, but like, actually, if you, like, if you were paying attention to that part of the plot, that's, that, uh, that part is what drives Keita to become, like, more attentive during her lessons. Okay, I actually didn't even catch that that was, like, a change that happened with her, honestly. Yeah, because then, at at that point, she says something along the lines of, like, maybe I should spend more time practicing, or something like that. And she, and they, and, and they, and they spend more, that's, yeah, okay, whatever. I, I think, I think, again, like, I'm reading the dialogue here, and I'm not taking it with the same context that you are. Like, what you're saying makes total sense. But I see, like, oh, I should probably practice more, not as, like, a oh, I wasn't doing anything before, but just as, like, uh, oh, shit, now I feel bad. Like, I probably should. 
Like, I'm really just, like, not seeing some of the plot the same way you are. Because, uh, I don't know. I just, I, that's just literally just not how I saw this. So, they're going to put on the first show that they've quote-unquote earned, I guess. Because after the first show, uh, Nijika's sister basically says, I let you play the first time so that you could have the experience. But if you want to play again, you're going to have to sell tickets like everyone else. And then the kids learn about ticket quotas. So I actually have that again. I have, because I don't know how to talk about a show. I have like my notes written in like, in like a stupid order. Apparently I have a section of just like relatable moments. And I literally have one that's just called five ticket quota, which uh, for generously low, honestly. Yeah. For anyone who's ever had to experience this, God bless you. But, uh, Basically, what happens in a lot of venues is you are told you owe us this much money to play here, which means you need to sell X amount of tickets to make up for it. And if you can't sell all the tickets, the price just comes out of your pocket. It's usually significantly higher than five per, which is why I'm mean, 20. Well, 20 tickets a band isn't the worst for a really small venue. But yeah, it's it's this whole you got to go sell tickets. And Bochi has a moment of just like, I only know four people, basically. I, I do kind of love the idea of her, like, debating whether or not she can sell one to her dog. I was just going to bring that up, which is also when I noticed that her dog's name is Jimmy Hen, which is just Jimmy Hendrix. Yes. I don't know if they actually mentioned the dog by name previously. I didn't catch it if they did, but that was cute. That was just another like, ah, oh, that was a cute little reference they made. I appreciate what they did. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the five-ticket quota is is absolutely a thing that, again, all teenage bands will experience if you're playing anywhere, because that's almost every venue does the ticket quota thing. Or you just have to suck it up and, and pay your dues out of pocket. So, so um, can I give you some more Japanese puns that you... Well, Japanese information that you probably won't get elsewhere. Yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Is, is first off, all of all of the members have the last name of a coinciding member of, like, some indie band that the writer is into. So, the naming thing is, like, a constant thing throughout the show. Um, the, oh, okay. The, guitar, the bassist that she meets on the street, Kakuri, her last name comes from, like, the bassist of, like, a punk band or something in Japan. Oh, so, okay. So, like... So all of the names kind of have that, but also, um, I don't know if you picked it up, her name, Bochi's real name is Hitori Goto. Uh, I have that written down, but I'm just going to keep calling her uh, Bochi, but yeah, sure, okay. Well, the reason they call her Bochi is Hitori Bochi means antisocial. Wow, that's a little, 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 little nail on the head, isn't it? Yeah, the whole name is a pun. Okay. That's why Rio, that's why Rio goes, she goes like, your name's Hitori, huh? Like Hitori Bochi. I'm going to call you Bochi. That's basically what she says. Okay, that's a little on the nose. All right. If you if you want to be even more on the nose, there's another fucking anime that's called Hitori Bochi, where the first name is Hitori, last name is Bochi. That's just the name. It's not even a nickname. It's literally just a character's name. Yeah, completely different show, completely unrelated, but just, uh, I mean, it's like a pun, so it's not like, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. Just, wow, that's, that's sure... That sure is a thing, I guess. I mean, I ain't got anything off the top of my head, but how many fucking names in, like, American media are just fucking puns? I'm that's I, I'm immediately trying to think, and actually the first one that came to mind is uh, the show Bones, where it was um, Emily Deschanel playing, like, a, a forensic pathologist or something, and her last name is Bones. Mm. And she, like, 
does forensics. So like, Bones. yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, you're not wrong. It's <laughs> it's definitely a thing that even I immediately thought of an example. So yeah. Wow, that's like really upsetting. I kind of hate this. Why is that a thing? I don't know, man. It's fine. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, moving on. And my dad was always... Sorry, I'm not moving on. I'm oh. stuck on this for a second. Oh, okay. And my dad was always bothered by the cartoon Doug because yeah. Roger Klotz, his name was just like practically Klutz. And I always wondered if that was like intentional or if that was just my dad being weird. Oh. Because I don't really think he's a Klutz. No. But the name really bothers me. But now all of a sudden, all I can think of is blood clots, and now I'm... Bo- uh, anyway, let's move on. I'm, I'm, done, I'm done thinking about blood clots. I don't I want to move Are on. Are you sure you don't want to keep going down this rabbit hole? No, I don't want to think... I don't want to sit You're here and talk about... talking about Patty Mayonnaise for a while. There's not a... I mean, like, obviously the name itself is a pun, but it has nothing to do with her character. Unless the joke is supposed to be that she's as, like, white bread boring as you can get. I don't know. Was that the joke? Or... Were the cre- I just thought maybe you'd like to talk more about Doug names. What about Skeeter? What's up with that guy? Isn't the joke that his name is short for Mosquito? I think so. So here's a problem, okay? <laughs> um, My grandfather, my mom's dad, he went by Skeet. Like, that was what everyone called him. It was literally at his funeral that I found out his name was, was, was Richard. <laughs> I thought his name was Skeeter. Until the man died, I was like 11. I thought the man's name was Skeeter because Doug told me it was a name. So anyways, they sell their five tickets His name was Richard, Christopher. (laughs) They sell their five tickets apiece. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just having an existential (laughs) crisis here. It's all right. Uh, Um... Internal internal monologue moment. You have nothing in common with this main character who has goes on internal monologues and ignores the world. Okay, around no, her. I have internal monologue. I don't have the social anxiety that she does. Like her her constant freak out moments about ever like. Well, oh yeah, but God, her her, well, her yeah, first day can't... at work. Her first day at work, she was like about to die. She. She, what, bathed in a bathtub full of ice and then sat in front of a fan. sat in front of a fan for 20 minutes or something to try and give herself a cold because she didn't want to go to work? Okay, but I'll censor the name, but we do know this person and it's... I, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. Like, I understand that. We do know this person. It's just, it's not her, not, not the main character's fault that you're the Kita in this situation. I mean, no, it's it's not. But it does make the show extremely unrelatable when I think the big selling factor of this show is how relatable it is to a lot of people. Just relating to the wrong characters here. But I, I, I do, I relate to the situations. I relate to the moments of being a teenager in a band. Anyway, they uh, they sell their five tickets apiece and they, they they're, the reason that they're doing the, the uh, t-shirt designing is they want to look in uniform for their first show. Um, I don't even think at that point they they were like discussing selling them. I think they wanted to look at like you know be wearing the same. Yeah, I mean it, everyone wants yeah. to everyone wants to be in uniform. Who doesn't want to be the Ramones? You know. Yeah, when they were designing shirts, it really wasn't for the sake of having merchandise. That was just the connection I made because I remember those moments of being in an old friend of mine Kevin's garage because he was the drummer and that's where we played. And. Instead of working on another awful cover by the band The Bled, because for some reason that's a thing that we did, was we played You Know Who's Seatbelt by The Bled. I don't know if you know this song, 
but it's awful. Um, but instead of working on another song, they like the guys literally just spent way too long talking about if we should all wear track jackets or not. <laughs> and then wanting to design t-shirts. Shoot me. <laughs> like anyway. So that's just like again, relatable moment was all the all the silly 15-year-old band stuff, which which I which I, I enjoyed the show for that. I enjoyed the show for that, and I enjoyed the show for just um, uh, the, the the silly music references I did get, and then just the dedication of of like all the equipment that was used. I loved stuff like that. Well, okay, and uh, another thing, even if you don't like the cutaways and the animations, you got to admit a lot of effort was put into that, and a lot of love was put into that. Oh, oh yeah, like I'm not th- there is there is nothing that I would say is like actually bad about the show. It's just stuff where I am not the target audience. This is very much, it's not you, it's me. And I mean that seriously, you know what I mean? Oh, are you breaking up with the show? No season two for you? I, I could not picture watching a season two. Um, so anyways, they they design their t-shirts, and then they're about to have their show. And um, another, another thing that we're probably at least somewhat familiar with is uh, the storm happening on the fucking day of your show. Uh, and probably no one's gonna come now. After you've sold your five tickets. Well, I mean, are you really a band if you haven't played in front of only two people? Exactly. I mean, let's be real here. Isn't isn't that actually part of the reason why uh, Lemmy faced his microphone facing up? Because early in their career, he didn't, like, <clears throat> maybe like Motorhead's career. Maybe it was even pre-Motorhead. Yeah, because he was in bands before Motorhead. He hated looking out into the audience and, like, not seeing anybody aside from, like, the bartender. So he wanted to look up and not out into the crowd. Like, yeah, very relatable. Again, if you've ever played in, in a band as a teenager, you've done this. Yeah. You you've played in front of an empty room with like the thirteen year old weirdos making out in the corner and being a little too inappropriate for how old they are, right? And then you're wondering why why their dad dropped them off dressed like that. So the show looks like it might be it might be getting rained out. Uh, the the handful of people that Bochi sold her tickets to show up, which is like another point, because uh, like you said, the show's also about like her coming out of her shell little by little. Uh, she's yeah. her the people that she sold her tickets to are initially the only people that even show up. The other the band the people that the other bandmates sold to don't even show up at first. And then um, as things as the weather starts to clear, they can hear the uh, comments from the peanut gallery, um, which I have been that guy too. Um, did you have to ever tell you about before King Diamond when there was an opening, when there was an opening, opening act that I really, really didn't like? No, maybe. No, I don't, I don't know. I'm like, you may have, I don't recall I'm this. like relatively near the front of the stage. Um, and the, the audience is a little loud and the singer goes, uh, this is our last song. And I say to my friend, good, but I say it kind of loud over the audience, but the, there's a hush in the audience as I say it. I know that fucking singer heard me. Ooh. Oh god, that's so awkward. Oh, that's so awkward. See, this is your problem here is is never stand in the front. Never. Never, especially as as a tall guy. Never. Not I wasn't never. I wasn't up front. I wasn't like standing right in front of the stage, but I was only a handful of people back and I was off to one side as I do as a tall person, I do try to stay out of the middle of the aisle. Unfortunately, um I was like stage left and so was the singer. <laughs> No, no, no. See, the answer is um, back, 
or very far side corner or something like that's yeah. that's where you stand. That's the that's the appropriate location. You're kind of right, but also I wasn't separating myself from people in Cleveland. Um, I mean, okay, like valid, but still, no, wrong answer. Uh, the proper place at a concert is away. So, anyways, they're playing their show. The first song doesn't go very well. Uh, she's having her internal monologue about how the the drummer's like not playing up to the speed that she normally does, and the the bass isn't like paying any attention to what's going on, right? Yeah, they're just not. They're just not. It's just not a good night. Like they know they, or at least Bochi, Bochi knows they've played better than this. I believe there's even a comment of like, "This is not how we sounded in practice." They're having a bad, a bad performance. Which is another, um, another interesting thing. I, I, I did like an audio comparison of it, but um, whatever records Japan made me like take it out of the uh, original analysis. But if you actually listen to that recording in that episode compared to the, they, there's a full album. Uh, yes, they actually are like the drums are out of time and stuff like that. You know, I remember sitting there watching that one and I, I, I meant to like try and find a, a better recording and compare. And I, I, I kind of forgot to, that's actually pretty funny. I'm, I'm glad they did that. But um, so I mean, I, I, again, I, and when we when we briefly talked about the show before, I did I did mention that I liked the idea of this show did a good job of making a band sound like they're just not perfectly together, as opposed to the example I gave you was um with a little help from my friends in the movie Across the Universe, where it's supposed to sound like it's just some frat boy playing guitar, but the problem is like there's wrong notes. But it's still, like, so clean that it's obviously not a frat boy. It is very obviously a professional intentionally playing bad notes. Yeah. This show did a good job of, like, yeah, like, they're all there, but it sounds like they're not hearing each other. Or they're not paying attention. Like, it sounds very much like we're just kind of going through the motions right now. Or maybe they're all stuck in their own heads or or whatever. You don't really see what everyone else in the band is thinking. You just get Bochi's nervous wreck in her monologue. And then she has her big moment. So there are some rude comments that she is hearing from, from some people about how they're not sounding great. And she kind of has this freak out moment of, like, I'm not going to let this happen. Like, we're better than this. And I need everyone else to be on board. And she just has one of those moments where, like, she just kind of plays her ass off. Just, just one of those really cool, like, okay, that's right. Like, this girl actually has really good moments. Uh, just to just to bring it up, her band doesn't know that she has this YouTube channel where she's, like, a shredder. They think they've just kind of found this guitarist who's kind of mediocre at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I, I keep forgetting that, like, okay, so, again, sorry, complaint about the show there's a whole moment early on where they're like, oh, have you ever seen this girl on YouTube? And Bochi's saying, oh, that's me. But it's internal monologue, and there's nothing that tells me that it's internal monologue. I thought that actually happened for way too long watching the show. Like, I, 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 I realized that at some point, much later on, that that wasn't a conversation. That was... Two other people having a conversation and Bochi talking to herself in her head. Yeah, I, I will say I kind of missed that um, a little bit at first, too. Because I think normally uh, if they do that kind of thing in America, you get like the echo on it or like the reverb saying that like this is... Or, or something, or like they'll show her face and show her obviously not talking. Not saying, and that's just yeah. not what happened here. And I think that's just like a, 
Like, that's just how that works. Like, that's just a cultural difference. That's just how... It's just some other... Something else. Maybe something in her vocal inflections or whatever. Something else tells you, this isn't really happening. This is internal monologue. To this point, they don't know that she's actually really good. The only one who kind of suspects it is uh, the sister. Who has, like, kind of seen her... Just kind of, like, notice that, like, oh, that was actually, like, really good for, like, a couple seconds there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she plays this, like, shred solo, and then they go into another song. and That one's um the good one for the show. The good one. Yeah, I mean, she she just kind of, like, energizes, energizes the band. Which I think brings back up, you know, kind of like her jam session on the street with, with the drunkard. Th- that moment as a musician where you're working with somebody who's just, like really spot on and it really does just make everything else you're doing so much easier like suddenly you have someone who's locked in and everyone else just kind of follows suit and that was another one of those moments of i'm better than this i know i'm better than this i'm gonna do the thing and then everyone else goes oh this feels really good to play behind and then you're all kind of locked in better. It was a good band growing. She kind of, kind of finally takes them takes the lead in a situation, which again is kind yeah. of what the show is about in a lot of ways, both her personally and musically coming out of her shell. Yeah. Uh, and then yes, they all have was... like a nice celebratory dinner, and after that is where she goes outside to get some air, and uh, she notices that Nijika's out there, and they like talk about uh her parents and stuff but also that's, that's the, but that's yeah. also the moment where she goes like you're a guitar hero aren't you like i won't tell rio right now but like i can tell by the way you played tonight and if you can play like that all the time uh that would be great we just need to get you there i'm just now thinking of this and i and i don't know if was this addressed does she not show herself in her videos no she doesn't show her face she doesn't show her face i because, guess huh? yeah because I don't of her recall that being she a also thing she also continually lies in her comment section. If you didn't notice that. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that that okay. Okay. Yeah. That is She's like living she's like kind of living a fake life through her YouTube where like she doesn't show her face and she tells people that she has all of these friends and she tells people that she has like a boyfriend and stuff like that. Okay. No, that that is that now that you're saying that that I do recall that that is that is a thing. That makes sense. I just like never that never that never like clicked with me. Like, huh, that never I never thought of that. Like, she doesn't really show herself, so of course they wouldn't know it's her. But again, I spent too long thinking they knew because I thought she was talking to them and not... <sighs> okay. Okay. It's okay. It's all right. I'm very mad. I'm very mad about this right now. <laughs> and that's kind of the end of that arc. Um, there's one more, like, three-episode arc towards the end. But they kind of have this moment where Bochi finds out that her school's doing a cultural festival. And she's kind yeah. of on the fence as to whether or not she wants her band to play. And then surprise, uh, someone else, one of the other band members, was it was it Rio? Kita. Kita's the one she goes to school with. The other two go to a different school. That's right. They go to a different school. Um puts them in for her. So surprise, Bochi doesn't actually have a choice. They're gonna do this this uh culture festival thing. And then Bochi has a surprise, like a whole freakout moment, and she's like MIA. And I'll be honest, this was like two and a half episodes that I just couldn't care less about of the show. Because it was just two and a half episodes of, again, like the social anxiety story, which I understand is important to some people, but I just found it incredibly uninteresting. But it does end. It does end. I mean, are we getting to the end of the episode, like the last show? 
Well, I think it's I think it's the second to last episode where they have the actual performance in the school. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it is. And I then the last is, episode is. is her getting the new guitar. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, the show itself has like the other horrifying moment as as a musician, which is uh, technical difficulties. Which in her case, this is when she uh, breaks a guitar string, and then her guitar is out of tune, and she's missing a string. The whole the whole machine head. Well, okay, I mean, but like ultimately, she had a partially functional guitar yeah but it was out of tune and not fully functional and this is just such a such a cool moment for just like uh like watching a budding musician have that moment of like panic oh my god what do i do oh wait i have a way i'm gonna work around this and i mean this is the thing there's there's tons of videos of of I mean, um, I'm sure if you did, like, a YouTube search for band live string breaks, you're going to find a million videos of people and however else anyone handles this. There's a great video, actually, of Slash. He's he's playing, and he breaks the high E string, and he just, like, finishes the solo without the high E string. He just kind of jacks his arm up further up, and he's playing on the B string, and he's just kind of working his way around and figuring out because he knows enough of what he's doing that he can do his blues wheedling elsewhere on the guitar. Yeah. Um, there's a video of, I think it's Guthrie Govan who does what, what Bochi here does, which is he grabs a slide. Now in her case, she just used like a bottle and plays like a slide guitar, you know, solo instead uh, surprise, that's apparently a thing she learned how to play at some point. I don't recall them ever showing that otherwise in the show. Well, she had three years to learn it in a, in a locked I mean, up Yeah, I mean, she obviously, she, 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 had three, she had three years of extreme dedication. It's just, it's just funny. Um, I think it's a cool moment. I personally think slide guitar is incredibly boring, but it, it's a, it's a cool moment. It's a cool moment, again, from the perspective of, like, watching a young musician have a panic moment and then find a resolution and like knock it out of the park still. Well, and also having that moment where she realizes that the person that she's been teaching guitar has gotten good enough to cover for her while she figures out a solution. Cause she has that moment where she's I, like, yeah, Kita yeah. is actually ho- holding the beat. Is, yes. Yes. I guess that is true, but I guess that's also the fact that like, I kind of missed, I missed the seriousness of her not practicing previously in the show. So I guess I didn't realize the 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 depth of that statement. But yeah, like it shows that her her student who previously was in a band pretending she could play guitar. Well, it was the same band. Well, yeah, I I okay, but she was in an early iteration of it. But like she pretended she could play guitar, really had no idea, had never played guitar before, and now suddenly is like a genuine like solid player who's like holding her own while Bochi takes a minute to go what am I going to do? Very cool band moment. Huge difference from their first show where Bochi's playing in a box. Huge difference from the moments where they're obviously not playing together. They're not comfortable. They don't know what's going on. Like, they suddenly are a genuine, cohesive unit, and it's very cool. It was a very nice, like, end to the musical arc. Yes. Not an end of the show. I did forget that the buying the new guitar actually happened after this. Well, I, I just want to say I didn't want you to get confused because the one who had been in a previous band is the bassist. 
And she's the one who, at one point, says to Bochi, like, write what you want to write because being fake is why I left my last band. Yeah, okay, I guess. Yeah, 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 okay. No, I was just, um, I don't know where I was going with that thought. I'm sorry. I, yeah, nope, that thought's gone. I don't know what I was about last to say. Episode, last episode, <laughs> she finds out that she's been making a shitload of money off of her YouTube, I'll, but her dad's I'll, been collecting it because he's responsible, and yeah, he wants yeah. her to stop lying about boyfriends on the internet, and he gives her some money and says... Uh, you've been using my guitar this whole time, but you're going to have to go get your own now, buddy. Yeah, I mean, so last episode was, uh, I mean, as you just said, like the, the dad monetized her videos MacGuffin because it's actually a family account. Um, Surprise. And she somehow had a bunch of money from it. I don't know how much money they were showing, but she had a, a nice handful of money and she goes to buy a guitar and she goes to buy a Yamaha of some sort and she brings it home and then she's holding her Yamaha, and she turns around and she sees her dad's Les Paul that she had been using this whole time, and she apologizes to it and says, I haven't forgotten you and that kind of thing because the Les Paul was Woody, and she just brought home Buzz Lightyear. And now she's <laughs> afraid that the Les Paul was afraid it's being replaced. It was a Jeff, very Did you ever cute... do that to your first guitar? I mean, I still have my first guitar. Do you ever once in a while remind it that you haven't forgotten about it? Uh, I play it fairly regularly, and I post yearly videos on on Instagram on her birthday because uh, it's oh, a Yamaha, actually. It's a Yamaha, and <clears throat> on Yamahas, they actually with the uh, with the way the serial numbers work, you can actually find their exact manufacture date. Yeah. So I actually know. The exact day it was manufactured, which for the record is May 4th, is her birthday. Aww. That's cute. Yeah, so that, that's a thing. I guess you probably haven't caught up on. That's coming up. I, I post Instagram videos of her every year. I am so rarely on... I am so rarely on And it's also a thing that I do once a year, but I do post yearly Instagram videos playing. Uh, her name is Melfina because she's blue. And back when I first got her in 2002... Uh, I was really into Outlaw Star at the time, so. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, you hate anime. <laughs> well, like I said, like I said before, the like my my experience with anime is almost entirely Dragon Ball Z and Outlaw Star. <laughs> I don't Cowboy hate anime. Are. I just don't watch it because I don't watch much of anything. I do really like Outlaw Star, though. Man, that is a great show. Come back next time when we talk about Outlaw Star. No, we're not talking about Outlaw Star. That has nothing to do with what we do here. We talk about music. Sometime we could do Bebop. That is a great fucking soundtrack. That is a great soundtrack that is hilariously also not Bebop. Like, that. that's not exactly. a... The, the music is not Bebop at all. And that's kind no. of funny to me. Because, like, for the be best. Bebop is, like, a specific style of jazz. It was, like, a very specific scene. And it's not... That does That is not what Bebop sounds like, sir. I just want to make a call out. Because one of my favorite parts of this show is the fact that all of the gear is actual equipment. Like, this is all actual stuff. And I, it had to have been sponsored or licensed by all of the brands. Like... It, like, the Gibson Les Paul literally has the Gibson logo on the headstock. There is no mistaking that is a Gibson Les Paul. There's a couple scenes where you see, like, a Yamaha THR series, which are these little, like, desktop amps. They're little, they're little boxy, like, beige yellow. Like, you see uh, Bochi playing through one, and then either her or the drunk girl are playing through one on the street. I don't know who was playing through what amp right there. Um... Man, I just, I loved the little, like, 
oh, holy shit, that's, like, actually, like, a thing. Like, you can, you can go buy that. Uh, early on, you see Bochi doing her videos, and she uses a, uh, a Focusrite Scarlett 2i2, which is a uh, interface that you plug into your computer. Like, I'm looking at mine right now. It's, it's, it's right here <laughs> next to me. <laughs> and you, it's just like, I mean, that's just like, that, that is the quintessential, like, yeah, if you're, if you record at all, you either own a Scarlet 2, 2, 2i2, or you have previously owned a Scarlet 2i2, and you now just have, like, a much more expensive interface. It's just what you have. <laughs> like, it's crazy. I do, I, so I do want to shout out uh, the people who adapted this from the manga, because... Um, I actually, I really enjoyed this and I kind of read ahead in the manga and then I kind of read back and holy shit, the fucking differences between like the detail, um, because the, the, the manga is almost done in the style of like a Saturday morning cartoon. It's like four panels with like a setup, a punchline, a joke, a setup, a punchline, a joke, all of the music and stuff, all of the lyrics, everything was written originally for the show. There's no, there's no songs or lyrics referenced in the, in the, uh, comic right oh, okay it's all just okay. like it's all just like oh we wrote a song oh we he, we wrote our second song they actually by the time they get to that we're at in the show where they have like five songs they have like they're working on their fourth song in the manga oh okay so, um yeah so they act someone put a lot of effort into this the uh instruments i believe are the same as in the manga i think whoever wrote that like obviously knew their instruments but yeah. yeah, someone converting this to show to the show was like thinking enough about equipment and like amps that weren't like necessarily seen in the in the manga. So it's like it's cool how much effort actually also went into translating this. Um, all of the freakouts that you see are things that are adapted from the manga, but they're much more simplistically done. Um, they're just like it's just like you know when she's like having a freakout and she lo- she's like in a Godzilla suit. It's just drawn like the rest of the manga. Uh, oh, like there weren't the stylistic changes in the art. No, no, no. No, that is all... In fact, a lot of that had to do with, like, the people on the team just had, like, an idea and they ran with it. They just let people on the team, like, uh, say, you know, what if it looked like this? And and they tried it and they just, like, a lot of it was just... They came up by, like, almost workshopping. The voice actresses, I know that you said you, like, couldn't tell them apart. Um, but I think you would have a hard time denying any of them did a bad job or saying any of them did a bad job. No, absolutely not. There's nothing technically bad. There's nothing actually bad about the show. All of them, this was their first roles as leads. They were all background actresses. Very cool. Very cool. Obviously, they got, like, real musicians to come in and play these songs. Uh, they're not my cup of tea, but they're, there's, like, no way I can say they're bad songs. They're, they're not well-written or anything like that. I mean, honestly, like, my, my thoughts on the songs themselves were, like, yeah, these definitely exist. Yeah, well, I mean, I, well, I'm saying if someone said they like them, I wouldn't, like, question that. No, no. If someone I mean, said, I, I, I listened to this album after the show, I wouldn't say No, I wouldn't question it, sucks. but, like, I have nothing really to say about, like, despite the fact that what we do is review music, I have very little to actually say about the music. Right, but it's more that it's not my cup of tea than anything else. But yeah, else. Ex- exactly. It's more just like, it's just not anything I have anything to say about. It's There's nothing bad, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, 
Because I'm also not, like, I can't say anything about the lyrics. Like, first off, I, I, I'm i assuming they're just, like, a, a translation of some sort, and there's stuff that doesn't mix. And also, like, they're supposed to be written by, like, a 15-year-old girl. Like, I, I, I'm not... The, well, I the idea know. is that Bochy's mostly the lyricist, and that she's writing these kind of depressing lyrics to, like, kind of upbeat, happy songs. Yeah. One thing that was kind of interesting... So, there's, like, four ending themes, right? There's, like, four different ending songs that they have throughout the series. Oh, Okay. And one is one is exclusive. First off, all of the song, all of the lyric, like the vocals, are done by the girl who plays Kida. Very cool. Um, the like they don't have like a singing actress and a speaking actress. Like she either knew how to sing or learned how to sing. But only for the last episode, they have a different song play out, and that's actually Bochi's uh, um, voice actress singing that one. Oh, very cool. I did not I did not know that. That's very cool. Which is kind of like again, a nice little cap on like her coming out of her show is like she sings the last song of the show. Very cool. Uh that that's There's fun. a lot of little details that I really appreciate that went into this. Yeah, I I can see that. There's a lot of details that if you I feel like this is a great show that like if it really strikes you, you can keep rewatching this show and reading about the show and joining communities and there's just so much to keep learning about it. Any anything else you want to add? Um I don't um Sorry, I'm I'm running through I don't think there's any Swept the Anime Trending Awards. You might we could change it to Bochi the Broom she fucking swept. Really? So there's Two anime shows, uh, like award shows, they the way they do the Crunchyroll one is it's like not it doesn't qualify until next year's, um, because it was like too late in the year. It was too late in the year. That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, it won like eight at like the uh, the anime trending one, like best adapted screenplay, best episode direction, best soundtrack, uh, best voice cast, comedy anime of the year, music anime, and slice of life anime of the year. Oh, okay. Jeff, I'm very tired. I'm going to need you to drive us home. Wow. You're, you're, wow, you're, now you set me up. You don't set me up at the beginning to make a dumb joke. You set me up somehow to wrap this up. Just give us your summary. Give us your, your final thoughts. Take us home. I'm very tired. I've been working like six weeks of overtime. This was the last day of overtime. I'm going to sign off. I'm going to uh, do my impression of the drunk bassist. Uh, and I'm gonna drink till I pass out and can start the cycle of happiness over again. I genuinely can't believe you guys have been working the overtime you have. I, I think you're really insane. Um, anyway. Um, okay. Bochi the Rock was entertaining. It was very cute. It had a lot of fun, goofy musical references. It was a great story about a, a young teenage band trying to figure out how bands work and how local music scenes work. It is also a story about social anxiety, I guess, if that is a thing that interests you. It was enjoyable. I won't watch it again. I won't watch season two if it exists. But it was enjoyable for the sake of I had to watch a show. There, It could have been a lot worse. I could have started this episode by saying, Chris, I didn't watch this because it was awful. And I didn't. That is true. That, uh, that yeah. was actually yeah, we, a genuine we fear. That we, was a we, genuine fear. And we, we could have had to figure out how to fill an hour and a half of time uh, with, like, I hated this. I watched 30 seconds, and I just couldn't fucking stand it. Yeah, this so could have... I'm glad you did I'm glad you did stick it out through that first little speed bump there. Yeah. I, I, I did... I really could have ended this... If this were a worse show, I could have said, Chris, I watched for 15 minutes, and I'm done. But I didn't. It was, it was enjoyable for whatever it is worth. Chris, are we done? 
Anyway, come back in a couple weeks. Um, a lot of you are probably sick of us talking about uh, Japanese girls playing music, but we're going to talk about baby metal next week. See ya. <laughs>